What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another video. Yesterday, I went through my favorite draft target in every round of your fantasy football drafts. Today, we're gonna be doing the same thing, but it's gonna be my least favorite target. So it's arguably just as important to find players that you should be fading at price. You know, it's great when you hit those values, but if in other spots you're drafting players who you know aren't great prices, you're overpaying or they're likely to bust, you know, you kind of lose your advantage on getting those solid targets. So just as important to find the players you should be fading, we're going to be using 4 for 4 ADP, consensus rankings, consensus ADP, and then we'll be going from round 1 through round 12. So let's just jump right into the video. Started off here, obviously, with round 1. To be completely honest here, I don't think there's like one player that's just like a brutal value. There's not one player that really sticks out to me as like, this is a bad pick here. I'm in between two different players here. The first one is Austin Eckler, and the second one is Najee Harris. I don't think I'm overly low on either of these players. It's just for me, you can see Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase going after Austin Eckler. For me, I have Jefferson and Chase ahead of Eckler. And then I also have this tier of like Dalvin Cook, Eckler, Derrick Henry, all of these players. And I do have Dalvin Cook ahead of Austin Eckler. So at number four, Eckler does seem like a little bit of a reach to me, but I actually think maybe Najee Harris is the uh, worst pick here. In my opinion, I'd be taking Joe Mixon over Najee Harris. I think you can make an argument for DeAndre Swift. I'd also be taking these wide receivers, Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs. So I don't think any of these players are like brutal values, but I do think Eckler and Najee Harris are both being drafted just a little bit too high, you know, at least in my opinion. Now, moving over into round two, I don't think I mentioned this at the top of the video, but on this uh, 4 for 4 consensus ADP, quarterbacks are very, very pushed up. So here in round two, you can see Josh Allen at pick 21. If I talked about the quarterback being the worst value, it would basically be a quarterback in every single round because the prices on here are just so inflated. So I'll just kind of point out if I think the quarterbacks are going too early, but I will also talk about another player. So I do not think Josh Allen should be going in the second round. But after that, my least favorite value here is actually Nick Chubb. I know some people may come after me for this one. I know there are a lot of Nick Chubb truthers. And here's the thing. People really like Nick Chubb because they think he's a very safe option. He's a reliable player. He's going to finish as a low-end running back one or a high-end running back two. I do think, you know, that's a fair argument. I understand it. But the problem is safety does not work for running backs in the same way that it does for wide receivers. And that is because the injury risk that running backs face. I don't think there's one running back that is really safe in terms of fantasy football because the injury risk is always there. With Deshaun Watson being suspended for 11 games, I think that really hurts Chubb's ceiling. And there's no shot I'd be drafting Nick Chubb before Saquon Barkley, before guys like Leonard Fournette, who I think is going in the third round here. So Nick Chubb, mid-second round, way too rich for my blood. And he's someone that I'm definitely going to be fading at that current price. Now, moving into round three, like I talked about, I'd point out the quarterbacks. Mahomes, Justin Herbert should not be going in round three. No, thank you. Not interested in those players. I actually think the round three ADPs are pretty solid. Like Fournette, I like it. Evans, Keenan Allen, Higgins, A.J. Brown, Connor. Love all of those prices. I'm cool with Kyle Pitts mid to late third round. I like Pittman and Waddle at the back end of the third. So the one player that does stick out to me is Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I'm not someone who's completely fading Zeke this season, but I would prefer him at the 3-4 turn. I think there's clearly some upside with Zeke. He's going to be on a good offense. I still think he's going to have a solid role here. I think he could actually see some more receiving work. So there are some green flags, 
But I mean, even if you like Zeke, you have to acknowledge that there are some red flags here. His efficiency has really fallen off over the last few years. He's going to be in a split with Tony Pollard. Pollard right now today may be the better running back. So there are some red flags there, and I just wouldn't want to be picking a mid-third round. I don't think he should be going right behind James Conner, and I'd also be taking running backs like Brees Hall and Travis Etienne over Ezekiel Elliott. So Zeke is the running back that I'm going to be fading in the third round. Now we're going to be on to round four, and there's a few different players that I do not really like at price here. Starting it off with George Kittle going early fourth round. I think Kittle should be a 4-5 turn guy, so I don't love the price, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. The player that I'm more you know, out on is going to be David Montgomery here going early fourth round. In my opinion, like David Montgomery is just this textbook dead zone running back. He's this guy where we're projecting volume. It's going to be a bad offense. He's not going to be efficient, but we're expecting him to have like a 75% opportunity share of this offense. I think that's basically baked into his ADP. He's being drafted as a floor play. Doesn't have a ton of upside in terms of efficiency. Doesn't have a ton of upside in terms of touchdowns. So we're basically just expecting him to have this massive workload. But my question is, new coaching staff, what if this is more of a committee? What if he has a 60% opportunity share? In that case, like David Montgomery's value plummets, and you're passing up on running backs like ETN, Brees Hall. You're passing up on strong wide receivers like McLaurin, Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf. So David Montgomery is definitely a player I'm going to be fading in round four. Now moving on to round five, you can probably see where I'm going to be going with this one. You know, rounds three and four, I've talked about some of these like stereotypical dead zone running backs. And for me, there are a few of them going in this round. Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, Elijah Mitchell. But one of these guys is just a significantly worse pick than the others. And that guy is Antonio Gibson. I don't think Antonio Gibson at this point in the offseason should be a top 100 pick. He may be like the third running back in this backfield. Everyone wanted Antonio Gibson to be this workhorse. We've been expecting it over the last few years. We like his receiving production in college, all this stuff. He had a lot of stuff going for him. Washington does not want to use him this way. We have got to give up on this kind of dream we had with Antonio Gibson. We knew McKissick was going to be taking away third down opportunities. He's going to be taking away two-minute drill work. They draft Brian Robinson. I still saw some people kind of hanging on hope. They thought, you know, Gibson could still be the guy. Brian Robinson would just be depth. Typically, if your team is drafting a running back in the third round, they're going to be involved. In the preseason game, McKissick got some rest. Brian Robinson was the early down guy. You know, Antonio Gibson was getting receiving work. What that tells me is that Brian Robinson is going to be the guy getting early down opportunities in the game. We're going to see J.D. McKissick getting receiving work. And then Antonio Gibson's kind of the odd man out, you know, subbing in here and there, maybe getting some opportunities. But this is a bad, bad situation. And if you are drafting Antonio Gibson in the fifth round, that is just brutal value. You're passing up on guys like Cortland Sutton, uh, some other wide receivers, Jerry Judy, Allen Robinson. Please, please, please do not be drafting Antonio Gibson, not even in round five. Like, don't draft him in round six. Don't draft him in round seven. I wouldn't even be drafting him in round eight at this point. So he is someone who is just way, way, way buried down my rankings and is someone that I think should 100% be faded. He's probably like the worst value on this uh, consensus ADP at this point. Now, moving into round six, there's going to be one player here that really sticks out to me as a bad value I don't love TJ Hawkinson going at 64, but it's more palatable than Dallas Goddard going at 71. I'm not understanding the Dallas Goddard hype. I'm fine if you have Goddard ranked as like 
your number eight tight end, your number nine guy, but I don't think there should be a ton of separation between Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Dawson Knox. I feel like all those guys should be in the same tier. So if you're picking Dallas Goddard in the sixth round, in my opinion, that's like a panic pick. You're going to be able to get, you know, potentially Kittle or Waller in the fifth in some leagues, and then you're turning around in the sixth round, drafting Dallas Goddard. There's not two rounds of difference between those two players. Goddard should be way buried down, you know, the rankings. He's a guy who should be going more in that, like, triple-digit pick range. He's going to be the number three target on this Eagles offense. They may throw more than they did last year, but this isn't going to be, like, some high-powered, high-volume passing attack. We're probably lucky if they're, like, league best or a little bit better than league average. So if you're not getting one of these guys like Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Waller, Kittle— the way ADP has pushed up some of these other mid-tier options, I'm fading a lot of these guys, and I'll be, you know, scooping up a late-round Dawson Knox, a late-round Cole Komet, one of these players, and then just pounding, like, wide receiver in this range because I just cannot justify a sixth-round Dallas Goddard. Now we move over into round seven, and this is going to be a running back that I'm fading here, and that running back's name is Damian Harris. There's a ton of uncertainty going on right now with this Patriots backfield. We don't know if it's Damian Harris is going to be the number one. We don't know if it's Ramondre Stevenson. But in my opinion, like even if we thought Harris was going to be the lead back, I still don't know if we're picking him here at pick 76. At least I don't know if I would be picking him here. But now we have news that Ramondre Stevenson's getting the receiving work. Maybe he's cutting into Damian Harris's carries. Just drafting Damian Harris here, there is no upside. He is never going to get the receiving work. He is only going to be a guy getting work on the ground, and you are passing up opportunities to draft some stud young wide receivers, players like Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore. If you like the veterans, you're passing up on a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, Hunter Renfro. So here in the uh, seventh round, a Damian Harris draft pick is just brutal at this point. Please do not draft him here. I'd prefer Ramondre Stevenson over Damian Harris, but I'm still picking Ramondre like probably late eighth round at the latest. So here in the seventh, just no shot. I'm going to be drafting Damian Harris. And now we move into round eight. And honestly, this may be the toughest round to locate like a bad value. There are a few picks here that I don't really like starting off with Devin Singletary. I don't really love Rashad Penny here. I don't love Alan Lazard, but I kind of have to accept it. You know, if he is the number one, it may be a decent pick. So this is probably going to be between Singletary and Rashad Penny. I might just talk about both of these guys. In my opinion, you're still seeing some solid wide receivers available. You see Brandon Ayuk down there at the bottom of the eighth round. You also have some other running backs that I would just straight up prefer over these players. Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds. I like both of those guys over Singletary and Penny. Each of them have like their own issues here. For Rashad Penny, he could lead his backfield. We know Kenneth Walker's injured right now. He really tore it up down the stretch, but there's just not a lot of upside here with the Seahawks backfield. They really have like nothing going for them. This is not going to be a high scoring offense, which means limited touchdown opportunities. This is going to be a team that's likely trailing in a lot of games, may not lead to a ton of rush attempts. He's not really in a situation where, you know, even if he is the lead back, he's not going to be putting up massive numbers. If he's not the lead back, it's just going to be a brutal committee to be involved in. On the other side with Devin Singletary, this could be a three-headed monster. It kind of seems like Singletary has been appointed like the number one of this offense. This is not a Bills team that's going to have a ton of rush attempts, at least from the running back. And I feel like Zach Moss is being left for dead. I don't think Zach Moss is a great player, 
but this is a player who was kind of beating out Devin Singletary at points in the 2021 season. So at this point, like I'm cool drafting Singletary, but I'm not drafting him early eighth round. I'm going with other running backs. I'm drafting a Trey Lance. Maybe I'm going tight end, or maybe I'm going with one of these wide receivers, but I will not be picking Devin Singletary at this price. We've got round nine up next here, and I think I'm going to spend this round just talking about two different positions. So not specific players, just positions. So the first position is going to be quarterback. I cannot fathom how Derek Carr is being drafted in the ninth round when he is the quarterback 14. If you are in your draft and you have a locked in like top quarterback, please, please, please do not be spending ninth round draft capital on Derek Carr. If I have one of those top five, six, seven options, I'm not even going to be drafting a backup. And then if you have a guy like Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, you're probably drafting them like seventh, eighth round. Do not then go out and spend another premium draft pick on a guy like Derek Carr, especially when you have guys like Drake London, Tyler Lockett going in this range, running backs like Ramondre Stevenson, even a guy like James Cook. And then similar situation here with the tight end position. You see Pat Fryermuth going here at the 105. I talked about how if you don't get one of those elite options, do not panic. You're going to see this happen a lot when your league mates, or maybe even like this is something you've done, when they fill up their starting lineup, except for the tight end position, that is when they reach. If you have missed out on one of those elite guys, we're just waiting. I'm not spending, you know, a ninth round draft pick on Pat Fryermuth. I'll wait. I'll spend an 11th, a 12th on a guy like Cole Komet. The difference between those players is not extreme. Some people could even argue that Cole Komet is better. So please, please, please do not reach to get like your favorite late round tight end option. It's just not something that's going to help you out in the long run. And that is actually a great point to kind of lead us here into round 10 because it's going to be basically the same thing. Mike Gusecki going at the 109 and then Hunter Henry going at the 117 is just wild. First of all, Mike Gusecki, I do not think this guy should be a top 12 tight end. You know, his usage in the preseason games has been concerning. He's kind of switching to this new role. Like last year, he was basically a wide receiver. That's what he was. Now he's operating more as a tight end. He's kind of buried in terms of targets on this team. Like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, those guys are going to command a lot of this offense. So Mike Gusecki is not someone I'm interested at this price, especially when you're looking at names like Chris Olave, Damian Pierce, Kadarius Toney, Russell Gage, Traylon Burks. All these dudes are going after him. I even farther down the list, Garrett Wilson, Sky Moore, like Mike Gusecki should not be being picked before those guys. And then same thing with Hunter Henry here. He just doesn't have the upside to be picked this high, right? If he's your late round tight end option, cool. Get him in round 12, get him in round 13. 10th round draft capital should not be spent on these like super fringy, you know, back end tight end one options, high end tight end twos. The only like late round tight end options I'm picking in like round nine, round 10, it's guys like Dawson Knox, uh, Dallas Goddard, he's not gonna be there. And then a guy, did I say Dawson Knox and like Zach Ertz? Those are the players I'm looking at at that spot. If those guys are gone, I am waiting, waiting, getting my tight end one before people go in for their number two. Now we're on to our two final rounds here, starting off here with round 11. And this is the first defense we see on here. Defense, the Bills defense here, that is going to be the worst pick in number 11. Please, please, please do not draft a kicker or a defense, you know, with your 10th round pick, your 11th round pick, your 12th round pick. Basically, in every single league, unless there's like some crazy settings where defenses are on steroids or kickers are on steroids, those should be your last two picks. 
you're missing out on late round options for a position that you can stream throughout the season. So Bill's defense, definitely going to be the worst pick at that spot. And then here into round 12, honestly, this round is just littered with horrible picks. So I'm just going to run through all the ones I don't like. Raheem Mostert, no shot he should be going here in the 12th round. Has no upside compared to handcuffs like Isaiah Spiller. I don't know if Rashad White has come up here yet, but guys like that, Raheem Mostert does not have that type of upside in that Dolphins committee. Ronald Jones may not even make the Chiefs roster at this point. He's slotting in as like the number three, number four guy. Even if he makes it, he may not be active on game days. Pacheco's the number two there. CEH is the number one. Rojo should basically be off of draft boards. Higby, brutal pick. Deshaun Watson, if you can stash him on like your IR, I don't even know if that's how suspensions work. I don't think they do. But like he's sitting out 11 games. Unless you have certain league settings that have like deep, deep benches and you're going to stash him, he's someone you're probably going to cut throughout the season. Galladay, I guess, isn't the worst pick here. And Joku don't love it this early. Mac Jones way too early. Fant way too early. Myers, I'm fine with it. So 12th round kind of starts to unravel here in terms of ADP. But that is going to wrap it up for my least favorite draft target in every single round. If you guys enjoy the content, do me a huge favor. Hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Really helps me out a ton. I'm going to continue to put out daily fantasy football content. As always, thank you for stopping by. And I'll see you guys in the next one.